Well, well, well. I never thought I'd see the day. Evidently, a cold Whoa. front has swept through hell. Imogen, Imogen's voice sounds different today. Imogen's voice sounds very different, and if you're watching a video on social, she, she looks, looks different as well. Boy, she looks different. Time has been cruel. Well, I don't know about that. You're quite, you're a handsome man. Oh. Producer Jono, to introduce you to the show, who's Hel- in the co-hosting chair today. Hello, everybody. You are here because Imogen is not here, but she will be back tomorrow. She certainly will, so you only have to put up with me for one little episode of Newsable. Indeed. And, I mean, do you want to do the intro bit? Oh, am I allowed? Yeah, go for it. <gasps> this is so exciting. Okay, ready? Kia ora, this is Newsable, I'm producer Jono. And I'm Emil, and this is What's Worth Talking About. We'll explain how one of the most beloved children's book characters of all time has transmogrified into a bloodthirsty serial killer. There's a military coup happening in the Horn of Africa. We'll tell you what's happening and why it actually matters. Also, what it's like putting together shows for some of the biggest acts in the world at the world's most Insta-friendly music festival. And what should Air New Zealand be doing with its snacks? You know we have the hottest of hot takes on this. You were absolutely born for this segment. There was content scripted for me and this was it. All of that is coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz slash support. You like a good movie, producer Jono? I do, Emil. I like a temporary distraction from the bleak reality of human existence. All right, how about a movie in which, I don't know, Winnie the Pooh and Piglet become homicidal maniacs after Christopher Robin goes to university? Christopher, we need to leave. You mean a movie where two beloved fictional characters, beloved by millions of children around the world, go back to their animal roots like a vicious bear and pig who want to go around and try and find prey? That being a, uh, shall we say, verbatim quote from the director? I'm in a movie, Lisa Jono, with a 4% positive Rotten Tomato score. Oh, honestly, give me the popcorn now. And if you are getting excited at this prospect, we have the movie for you. It's called Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. But here's a question. How was it made? Did the author's estate not have something to say about this? Well, they didn't have any say, as it turns out, because last year, Winnie the Pooh, the character, entered the public domain, and that changed everything. And so here to explain a bit about what that actually means and how it works is copyright and entertainment lawyer Mal Tudor from Sinclair Black. Hello, Mal. Thanks for having me. Now, had you heard about this Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey movie before I cold called you and left you a long, elaborate voicemail? I had heard of it and I was actually talking to my son about it yesterday. So let's maybe explain for somebody who, who doesn't have as good a grasp of, of copyright law as you do, what, what is going on here? Because when I first heard about this, uh, my first reaction was, you know, wow, A.A. Milne's estate is, is game. You know, they're up for anything um, because obviously they would have had to approve this Winnie the Pooh slasher horror movie um, thing. But then I learned that, in fact, A.A. Milne's estate would not have had any say in this whatsoever. Can you please explain why? That's because A.A. Milne died a long time ago. So. Somebody who creates a piece of work can control what happens to that work. They have what's called the copyright, um, and they can decide who gets to use it and how it gets used, but it's not indefinite. So it varies around the world, but currently in New Zealand, 
the copyright only lasts for, in the case of a book, 50 years after the year in which the author has died. That might change, that might increase to 20 years because that's the case in a lot of other countries. And what is the thinking behind that philosophically? Is it like you made this work so if people are going to make money off it then it should be you and your your rel- relatives, your estate? Yeah, for sure. I think artists need to be paid. Mm. And there's a lot of time and energy which is not often very well compensated in the creative world. And so it's there to ensure that those that spend time and energy in creating works get fairly paid for them and can control what happens to them. This Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey film, you've talked about it with your son. He was he was he was traumatized by the the idea that this is happening, but are you going to go and see it, I suppose, is the key question here. It's it's not my favorite genre, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'll be taking him to it. Maybe maybe in a few years when he's in his teens, perhaps. Um he might be interested. It's not really my style, but um, I'm going to stick with the Alan Bennett audiobooks for now. Yeah, Melanie Tudor, thank you so much for your time today. It's been, it's been delightful. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay, let's go international now. Newsable goes global uh, into a country that has probably never before featured on the podcast, uh, Sudan. Uh, Sudan is a country that has struggled with a long-standing civil war, or several long-standing civil wars, really, that date back many decades. And uh, it's now exploded onto the streets of the capital, Khartoum. Uh, It's all been caused by a pretty vicious power struggle inside the military leadership. And uh, producer Jono has been reading up on this. This is a pretty serious story, this one. You may have seen it in headlines around and about the place. What's actually going on, Jono? Yeah, it's it's pretty grim. There's no real way to gloss over that. For about the last 18 months, Sudan has been run by a council of generals, and there are two military men at the centre of this dispute. They disagree on the direction the country's going in and a proposed move towards civilian rule. One of the main sticking points is over plans to include the 100,000-strong RSF paramilitary into the regular army and who would then lead the new force. The result of all this is 60 people have been killed already in in kind of this ongoing dispute. RSF, um, can can you explain what that means? RSF paramilitary? So the background to this group almost sounds a bit like a movie script. They've been around for about a decade and have origins in the notorious Janjaweed militia, but they've gone on to intervene in conflicts in Yemen and Libya and control some of Sudan's gold mines. The group leader's been behind a push for a gradual return to democracy and away from military rule. Right, okay. So, look, obviously this this conflict is really terrible for the people who are trying to live in the capital, but does it have ripple effects outside of Sudan through sort of that wider part of Africa? Yeah, this is a really important area geopolitically. That's a big word for me. Uh, Russia, the US, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates and other powers are battling for influence as Sudan is kind of strategically located on the Horn of Africa, bordering the Red Sea. It's also a big area of agricultural wealth. Western powers are also worried Russia could try to establish a military base on the Red Sea, but all anyone seems to be doing at the moment is kind of making diplomatic calls for calm. All right, it is time for us to check in with our favourite economist, VNZ Chief Economist Mike Jones for The Pulse. Hello, Mike. Yoda. Um, right, two things to talk about this week, and they both revolve around uh, releases of information, which doesn't sound that exciting, but it is exciting. The first is inflation numbers. These are due out, I think, on Thursday. 
maybe to start with, what do inflation numbers actually show us, Mike? Yeah, well, inflation is uh, interesting to people again, obviously. One, because you know there's a cost of living crisis and inflation is probably the best measure that we've got of that. Uh, and secondly, uh, inflation is probably the key determinant of where interest rates have been and, and will be going. What are you expecting to see when these numbers come out later this week? What we, I think the consensus are expecting is is a fall in inflation. So from, from 7.3% in the fourth quarter of last year to something kind of closer to 7. Uh, now, you know, that's, I guess, certainly not a collapse by any means. And the, and the thing to remember, of course, when we all start talking about falling in inflation is that yeah, falling inflation is not the same as falling prices. Uh, you know, your your seven dollar oat milk flat white uh, meal isn't going to get any cheaper. Uh, falling inflation just means that the rate at which prices are going up is slowing. So, kind of cold comfort, I guess, in that respect. Now let's switch tack a wee bit and talk about something that is very interesting and it's just sort of been hovering in the background for the past few weeks, maybe months, which is New Zealand's trade deficit. Now, I mean, how would you explain what a trade deficit is to somebody who is vaguely interested but doesn't really have much knowledge of mm. um, economic jargon? So it basically reflects what's going in in terms of the exports that we're selling overseas and the earnings we get from those. And what's leaving your account is the imports that we purchase um, and, you know, it, it can't like your your account can go into the red uh, if you spend more than you earn for long enough. So the trade deficit is basically the idea that we've imported goods uh, over a period of time far in excess of what we've exported, um, such that that deficit's now around $15 billion. It's the largest it's it's ever been. In fact, it's the largest by, by some distance. Uh, and like any overdraft, you can only run that overdraft for so long before the people kind of lending you the money um, start to sit up and, and pay attention. So- We've had a somewhat bleak The Pulse edition today, but I don't know, it, it, it's always darkest before the dawn. Uh, are, are things looking up in the sort of short to midterm, Mike? Uh, beneath the surface, there is a bit of a rebalancing going on. We're seeing in particular tourists flock back into the country uh, and that should help things like uh, the current account deficit that we just talked about. Um, some parts of the export sector as well uh, still benefiting from, from pretty high commodity export prices. So look, there is a, a bit of a rebalance occurring, which I think bodes well for, for longer term kind of sustainable uh, growth in the economy in future. Mike Jones from BNZ, thank you very much for your time today. Always a joy. Catch you next week. Thanks, Bill. If I could wave my magic wand that you know that I keep under my desk and transport you anywhere in the world right at this very moment, where would you like me to send you? First things first, did not know you were Harry Potter. We'll get to that another time. But (laughs) secondly, let me paint you a picture. I'm seeing a velvet couch. I'm seeing candlelight. I'm seeing some soft music. And I'm seeing Colin Farrell's house. (laughs) That's not what I was going for. It says it on your script. You meant to say Coachella. Look, you asked and I answered. <laughs> That's all the people want. Coachella, which is the answer that I was going for, is, of course, one of the biggest music festivals in the world. New Zealand is represented there. Yay, parochialism. Uh, Vinny played last week. But she is not the only Kiwi there. Another more behind-the-scenes representative of our fair nation is Molly 
Leishman. Molly runs a creative studio in Los Angeles, which is helping to produce some of the shows at Coachella. And as the advertising helicopter flies overhead, she joins us now. Hey there. Hi, how are you? I am great. Um, Is it all happening like right now? It is. I can hear it across the road. Actually, oh. it's, it's right. It's right next door. I can. What's that like? Away. What's the energy like? Are you absolutely, absolutely buzzing now? I, I feel am, bad Reece. dragging you away from it. You know. No, please don't feel bad. I'm uh, at this point. I am. I'm pretty ready to just be sitting somewhere still and not in the dust storm that is Coachella. So it's been a huge, huge weekend, but it's been incredibly fun and very, um, very exciting. We should talk a bit about what you actually do. So like you are, you're part of an LA-based creative studio that produces concerts and all of those are words and it's a sentence and it makes sense. (laughs) Um, But like, can you try to explain to me what, yeah, like what, what is it that you do? So what we what we do is uh, we do the stage design, the lighting design, and the content design, as well as sort of general show direction for for artists and their festivals or their tours. Sometimes it's sort of just lighting or just content or just stage, but sometimes it's all three, which is definitely the fun part. Can you tell me about maybe one or two of the artists that you've worked at um, worked with at Coachella this year, and and how that the process of that show maybe kind of Developed. Uh, we worked with um, on Friday night. We did a show with an artist called Becky G, and then um, a show with Metro Boomin. Um, Metro was really unique. He's a producer, so he um, he often is the person behind the scenes on the uh, tracks of The Weekend or Future, Twenty One Savage. But he was performing this year. Do you abuse your position of power and influence to raise New Zealand and New Zealand artists up on stage? How patriotic are you, really, Molly? incredibly patriotic I will say that <laughs> and you'd be surprised how many interesting you know like stagehand and crew people are Kiwis you know like you, you, you turn up and, and you hear an accent and you're like wait I know that person who are you like do you know someone I, I'm sure I know where you went to school you know someone you know it's two degrees of separation <laughs> all right Molly you've taken lots of time out to chat to me it's been great uh, but get no back worries. to it thanks so much for your time really appreciate it I will thank you so much for chatting it's been wonderful Hey, Chris. Yes. Do you want another very broad question? I've got a very broad question today. Go on, then. What do you know about sports? Up the wires, go the Black Caps, and don't forget Premier League football. Oh, you do love a bit of Premier League footage, do. don't you? What team is it that you support again? Oh, the current champions, Manchester City. I think they're pronounced Arsenal. It's pronounced Arsenal. Uh, but you know what's good about football? Yeah, what? They don't regulate soccer. I'm sorry? There's a sport that regulates soccer? Indeed there is, and it's cycling. That's very strange. Why on earth do they regulate it? Well, I know, but if you want to find out, you'll have to listen to the Big Stuff Quiz, wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, that's a cliffhanger indeed. The Big Stuff Quiz is brought to you by Melbourne Every Bit Different. I know you've been looking forward to this all day. This is literally the highlight of my entire day. So... To set the scene for this, Air New Zealand, in a pretty, I would say, transparent plea for some free PR, which we're indulging, has asked for suggestions for its in-flight snacks. So we're going to float some suggestions here. Jono, I mean, you've been putting a lot of thought into this all day. Week or year. (laughs) Yeah. What immediately sprang to mind for you? Well, I was thinking when you're on a plane Mm -hmm. and you're having a snack, Mm -hmm. what are the things that annoy you? 
And for me, it's rustling packets and unnecessary noise. Right. And anything which could cause inadvertent mess, yeah. like a spillage or uh, an ooze or something like that. Well, so a I, cookie is a bad... So you mustn't have liked the cookies. Because no. these crumbs and um, plastic... Cookies drive me insane. The corn chips, no. You get the little orange dust all over yourself. You've got to wipe it on your pants. It's just honestly a nightmare. So I thought, what about the greatest New Zealand snack of all time? It is self-contained. It is delicious. Everybody loves them. Oh, go. The Southland cheese roll. Oh! What a great shout. You've got delicious oh crispy my God. toasted bread. You've got melty cheese. No the onion soup stuff as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. Nobody hates a cheese roll. So everybody would be like, yes, ma'am, give me that and my RSA size pour of rosé and I'm in this. <laughs> okay. See, your one is much more eminently doable than mine. Okay, what, what's your option? I, I, w- I was going to suggest um, deep fried pineapple lumps. I mean, delicious. I'm not yeah. mad at it. Yeah. I, I, I imagine that having a, a functional deep fryer on board a plane traveling at 450 k's an hour or however fast the New Zealand's just fly is probably a, a bad idea, maybe an aviation safety risk. Anyway, that's just about the show for today, but we would like you, beautiful, intelligent, newsable listeners, to suggest to us your snack ideas. What do you think Air New Zealand should be serving on board their flights? Don't tell them. Tell, tell us. Tell us, and we'll curate a list and send it on to them. You can tell us. Uh, go to our Instagram. We'll put up a little question box mm-hmm. where you can find us at NewsableNZ, and that'll be there on our stories. We also have an email address, newsableatstuff.co.nz. That is Newsable for today. I'm Emil Donovan. And I am Jono Williams. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on your favourite podcast player. Leave us a rating and a review. But if you do that, it does help other people discover the show and also just makes us feel really good. And because I'm on this episode, it'll be really good for my self-esteem. Ego boost. You can also follow us on social media to stay up to date on the new episodes and the behind-the-scenes content and all things newsable. You can find us on Insta and TikTok and YouTube. Just search Newsable NZ. Newsable. News that's worth talking about. If you liked it and reckon it's also worth supporting, please make a contribution at stuff.co.nz support.